Amen. As the praise team heads down and as the children are dismissed to head down to Children's Chapel, if you'll take your Bible and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. How many of you love worship? Hallelujah. I love worship. I, you know, I don't. I, that song will never get old to me, ever. That song is, is just endearing and it takes me back to the days when I was much younger and was able to really minister and, and work with youth, and I loved it. I love that song. And uh, I'm going to set my mic down here today. I'm going to talk to you this morning about from your darkest hour to your brightest hour. From your darkest hour to your brightest hour. I love this text, and I've memorized it, and I've probably said it 500 times, maybe a 1,000 times in the life of my Christian walk. But in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5, it says this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct. Your paths. He will guide your footsteps. He will lead you, but you must trust in Him. This morning I woke up and I was just, I thought to myself, the word trust, I would like to see as I Google that, just to see what Wikipedia, dictionary, whatever pedias are out there, what do they have to say about trust? And you know, when you talk about a trust fund, but I wanted to know exactly what they said in regard to trust. It is a firm belief in the reliability, comma, truth, comma, ability or strength of someone or something. That's trust. Trust is putting your faith and trust in God. When circumstances come your way, You realize that because you've surrendered to him, you've trusted in him. That he will bless you for your obedience to him. Look to the person next to you and say, I trust you. Do you really? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you all know we're in the house of God. You know, people laugh all the time about that, but, you know, I have, to say, I have to say that we don't always trust people that are around us. I want to say one of my flaws and faults are in my own life. I want to trust everybody, anybody, everybody that walks my way. I'm transparent. I think they're like me. They're not like me, and it has gotten me in trouble. I'm serious because not everybody is trustworthy. Not everybody you can trust in. Reminds me of Genesis chapter 13. I'm actually going to go to the end of my message to get to the beginning of my message. But in Genesis chapter 13, I love this story. God speaks to Abraham. He's 75 years old, and you know he said even to Abraham, if you'll just trust in me and if you'll be obedient to me, I will bless your descendants, your children, for generations and generations and generations and generations. 
And God started to speak to Abraham, and he also spoke to Sarah, and he gave in their old age, he gave both of them something that was so precious, he gave them a child. His name was Isaac. And during this time, God started to, to move in Abraham's life, and God started to speak to Abraham, and he, and he even told him, he said, here's what I want you to do. I know the very thing that is precious to you, that is so endearing to you, that you love, I want you to, to sacrifice that for me. And so if God told you today, sitting in this service, to give up your car Sign it over. You just paid that car off and give it to the person to the right of you. What would you do? <laughs> Diane Shaver says, good luck with it. <laughs> what would you do? Really? I mean, some of you, your automobile is that precious commodity that's in your family that you, you wash it, you clean it, you spit shine it, you buff it, you park it in the garage, and you love that car. For some of you, and I've met some of you out there that won't spend a buck. Because I'm building a nest egg so high that the money will fill the church and my home and my automobiles. But if God said, just get rid of it. I want you to go down the road, open up your trunk, and just let it fly out over Route 8. What would you do? You'd go, I don't think so. Wait a minute. We just said that we trust one another, but you don't trust the one that gave it to you? Hmm, interesting, isn't it? Because, see, trust is dependability, reliability, letting go of oneself to give to somebody, something else. That's trust. So now we go back to the story, this serious story where Abraham was a father and yet had quite a bit. God spoke to him. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. I want God to speak to me. Nothing else matters in my life except God speaking to me. An audible sound. And he said to him, I want you to take your son. I want you to march him up the hill. And I want you to sacrifice him. Abraham. Because his son obviously trusts his dad. His father. What's he do? He marches up. Dad, what are we doing? Oh, don't worry about it, son. Let's just get up there. And we'll talk about it once we get there. I want to know, Jesse, how you'd feel if your dad said, let's take a walk in the woods. And you looked over, and all of a sudden you had this big, <laughs> run for your life, brother. And so what ended up happening was he went up there, and he laid him on the altar of sacrifice. And when he laid him on that altar of sacrifice, he said, God. Trust you. God, I believe in you. And I know this is so precious to me. Sarah and I, we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And we, want, we wanted this boy so bad. Why would you take something so precious to me? And God said this. Don't you worry about it. I have everything under control. And right when he got ready to take his life, right at that moment, God said, stop. Abraham stopped. 
And here's truly what the text has to say in Genesis 13. Because you loved me so much, because you listened to my voice, this was just a test. It was just a test of the God broadcast system. This was just a test. So when I think of your darkest hour, I think in Abraham's life, that was probably one of the darkest hours of his life. But when God said stop, I believe that became his brightest hour. Not only did he stop and not only did God bless him after that, because it was after that that God wanted to see his heart of surrender, his heart of trust. It was after that that God started to do some great and mighty things in his life. And church, until we start listening to the voice of God and stop hearing, what is that again? You know, I love the cartoon of, of uh, Tom and Jerry. Because both in that cartoon, Tom and Jerry both have the devil and the angel on their shoulder. And they're always wrestling back and forth. Should I eat him? Should I not? Should I take his life? Should I not? It's always going back and forth in that cartoon. I loved it. And for some of you in this room, if you've never seen Tom and Jerry, I'm sorry. But anyhow, I knew that that was a Christian cartoon even back in the day. Just kidding. And so I, you know, when, when I looked at that, I thought they were battling with that level of trust, level of surrender. What is it? How is it? How can I even work through this? And so Abraham felt the same way. But you see, it's easy to trust God when things are going our way. You see, getting awesome breaks in life. Our business is flourishing. We are in excellent health. Our children are, are, are great and they're healthy. And this is the best part of all. And our finances are all in order. And we have a ton of money in the bank. See, we don't need much faith when life is good. But what happens when things just aren't going our way? You see, when our prayers aren't being answered, our problem isn't turning around. We just don't see much favor. We get discouraged and start asking God, why aren't you doing something? You can see, I'm being mistreated. God, my health isn't good. I'm broke. My relationship is going south, and I'm losing everything that I hold dear to me. We think that when everything changes, that we'll be happy tend to have conditional trust in God. You see, God, only if I get that promotion, if you will just give me my promotion, I promise, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I will, I will have a great attitude. I will go to church every Sunday. I will give you what is yours because this is now a $40,000 pay raise. We're really saying, God, if you will meet my wants and my demands... If you answer my prayers and my timing, I will be at my best. See, the problem with this kind of trust is that there will always be something we just don't understand. Something that just not happening fast enough. Something that doesn't work out the way we want. So the question this morning, as we set a foundation or a platform for this morning's message, are you mature enough to accept God's answers even when they're not what you were hoping for? Isn't that something? 
wait a minute, hold on. Do you really trust him? Have you really relinquished your trust and, and have you surrendered your will to his life? And even though we think in our lives, man, this is not working out like I thought it would. Do you still believe that God is working all things out for your good? Because he is. Because our God is sovereign. And we will never understand everything that happens. Faith is trusting in God even when life doesn't make sense. Faith is trusting in God even when life doesn't make sense. Listen, church, there will always be unanswered questions. Why did God take my loved one? Why did the person leave? Some things just aren't going to make sense, but God wouldn't have allowed it if he weren't going to bring good out of it. You may not see it at the time, but our God is faithful and he knows. He knows what he's doing. We just have to trust him. He always has our best interest at heart. It's not random. It's a part of his plan. So please trust in him. Say this with me. I trust you, God. Be careful. Do you truly trust him? Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, help us in these next two points. To realize where we need to put our faith and our trust in you. God, open up the word. Help us to understand that in our darkest hour, Lord, you came shining through. And sometimes we have to look back in our life to understand, Lord. Sometimes the brightest hours of our life are once we get through that dark, dark time of our life. Oh, God, help us. Help us just walk in you. Help us to be encouraged today, Lord, to trust you in ways we've never, ever had faith. Lord, speak through me today. Hide me behind the cross and reach down and touch the hearts of your children. In your name we pray. Amen. Point one, darkest hour to brightest hour. Your darkest hour to your brightest hour. Remember those moments in your life when you lost someone very dear to you? You asked God to restore your loved one's health. Maybe even let them live. And you just couldn't understand why God ever took them home. You see, as I started off this series and I talked about my dad and the loss of my father, you know, I thought things were unfair. I really got upset and I got kind of angry. And I think even all of us siblings and and my stepmom, I think there were some motions of anger and just all kinds of things were all over the place. Wait a minute, this is a guy who worked hard and who provided for his family and who loved life and loved others and helped people. God, why him? Then I proceeded to say, but why me? Why, why did I have to go through this time when, when I saw him just suffer and deteriorate? Just in a matter of three weeks, I watched a man who was this strong, stellar individual deteriorate into just a feeble person, and God took him home. But I remember it was in those dark moments. What am I going to do without my dad when he's gone? What am I going to do in these dark moments? Wait a minute. Okay, so this year will be 10 years for my father. 10 years ago, the economy took a big, huge crash. 
I want to say that before 9-11 took place, that our company was probably one of the greatest places it was ever at. We started this church, and, you know, I saw some things really, really great, and I was working hard, and, um, but something happened. So my dad died in April, and by July, we had lost almost $100,000 in our cleaning company. I know I'm going to sit down on that one, too. That's what I did that day when I got the phone calls. It was a dark, dark moment for me. See, the industry changed. So wait a minute. So here I am, just the guy who's walking around like a zombie. I'm smiling at all the church family. I'm going through all these motions because that's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to be the pastor and be kind and loving. I'm like, Dad was only 67 years young. What in the world? That's not even fair. How does that even happen? And as I'm going through all these emotions, I'm getting angry and, you know, all this stuff. And then I'm like, really, God? So you just take all my business? And now what I used to bid $20 on, I have to bid 5 bucks on because, you know, the whole economy changed. And, you know, everybody that lost their job decided, you know, that 5,000 people decided to go start their own professional cleaning company. So now I'm not bidding against 5. I'm bidding against 5,000. I mean, all kinds of things started. All of these businesses popped up. You guys know it, lawn care businesses and everything. And so it changed the whole dynamic of my life. And I said, but why, God? Why? And and it was during that time that I just started to feel like, you know, I was asking all these questions and it was just such such a dark, dark place for me. I've been faithful to live in my life for you. I have walked with you. And it wasn't until after the fact that I got on my knees and I started trusting in God and crying out to him that God said, listen, Todd, I'm the father to the fatherless. I will fill that void in your life. I will fill up your bank account. I will give you what you need, not what you want. And I will take care of you, your wife and your four daughters. Maybe for some of you, you think my house just isn't selling. God, why are you putting us through that? Why am I journeying through this? Why do I have to? And yet God knows exactly what he's doing. And oftentimes we have to stop and and realize maybe it's never about us. It's about him. See, God, if you truly say I trust him and he's using you. Listen, he's using you. What do you want? Your way or his way? For we realize that the scripture says, for he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man can come unto the Father but by or through me. And so I realize now when I look back on it that I am a very, very blessed man. I'm very blessed. I love those moments where I knelt and cried out to God and I prayed and said, God, please, please meet my needs. This is difficult. Maybe some of you saw the expression on my face. Well, you can really see it now because I went from dark hair to gray hair and a gray goatee. That's why I don't grow a beard anymore. Because then I don't feel like I'm elderly and have to walk around, huh, Josie? Well, you're doing, honey. Come to grandpappy. You know, I mean, that's... That's kind of what took, and I watched, and I've looked back just this past week. My wife sent a picture, and she said, Todd, look at your hair hair just a few years back. She just wanted me to see. And then she said, but baby, you're still a distinguished, good-looking, frosted, highlighted hair. 
I said, baby, you pay for it, and I don't. So it's a difficult time. But I have to let you guys know this. Putting everything aside, God needed to increase my faith. He needed to increase my trust in him. And today, church, right here, right now, standing before you, I see it more clear than I've ever seen it in my life. I love what James chapter 4, verses 14 through 15 says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? If you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Verse 15 says, Instead you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will do this or we will do that. Wow. And so I'm typing this up. And as I'm typing this up, I'm thinking to myself, God can see things in you that you cannot see in yourself. His plan for your life is bigger than your plan. But it may not happen the way you think. It may not work out the way you want it to work out. But I got to tell you, when I leave this earthly place... And when I get the opportunity to go to heaven, I think my brightest hour has come. Oh, no, church. My brightest hour is yet to come. That's when I get to bask in the presence of Almighty God and realize that these little things in life were minor in the midst of the bigger picture. I've discovered that God takes all of us on a journey. I'm 47 years old, and it doesn't appear that life is a straight line. It has twists, turns, disappointments, and losses. For some, I have to say, I've had my bad breaks. But it's still part of his plan. It's still part of his plan. You see, right now, right here, Preaching to all of you, I believe I'm right where God wants me to be. A dark hour in my life has brought me to the brightest moments of my life. Trusting more and more in God. So this morning, I want you to think about something and I want you to make your prayer this. God, this situation is in your hands. I trust you unconditionally, whether it works out my way or not. I trust you unconditionally, even when I don't understand it, even when I can't see it. I trust you unconditionally. Point number two, and my last point, my life in your hands. My life in your hands. In Daniel chapter 3, there's a story of three Hebrew teenage boys who refused to bow down to the king's golden idol and declared to the king of Babylon, King, we are not going to bow down. We know that our God delivers us, but even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. And I actually, you know, for sake of time this morning, I'm not going to go to the story, but I'll go ahead and tell you a little bit about this story. You see, there was three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And King Nebuchadnezzar said, this is what I want from every person. I want every 
person to bow down to this false idol. And if they don't bow down to this false idol, it says in Daniel chapter 3, that I will throw them into the fiery hot furnace. And this is what I want done with this furnace. I don't want it just to be hot. I want you to stoke that furnace so that it's hotter than it has ever been. Now, if you realize how hot flames are, how many of you have been burnt in this room? Let's just raise your Anybody been burnt in the room? Well, praise the Lord. You guys are blessed. So you don't know what a burn feels like? For some of you that didn't raise your hand, well, I caught on fire when I was a young man. I was nine years old, and uh, we lived out in Edinburgh, and uh, we used to burn trash. Remember those days? And uh, so we'd have to go out. Mom would separate cans over here on the shelf, trash in here, go out, burn the trash. I was only nine. My, my brother Gary is older than me by three years. And uh, so being 12 years old and adult, he was able to go out to the trash and uh, start the fire. And, and I'll never forget that day as long as I live. He started that fire, and I'm standing probably from, probably from, I would say I'm standing on this side of the platform. For those that are listening, maybe I was 25 feet away. And all of a sudden, he lit the fire, and something went, a big pop. I saw something traveling in the air with the greatest of ease as it was coming my way. And this big ball of fire landed on my chest. What happened next? I screamed. I kicked. I yelled. I jumped. And I did all kinds of things. Because guess what happened? When that milk jug blew up, it was plastic. So then it started burning into my skin. So my brother sees that I'm on fire. He comes over. He jumps on top of me. Next thing you know, I'm in the house. They're peeling this plastic off of me. I went like this. Now it burnt my hands. And I'll never, re- I'll never forget that moment in my life when that fire was just like, I felt like it was going straight through my bones. The melting plastic. I remember standing at the sink with my hands in ice cold water. And these were the days we grew up in Edinburgh. I'll call it Edentucky. We didn't have Akron Children's Hospital burn unit like they have today. So my parents, here's what you do. Suck it up. Here's a Tylenol. Live it. You'll get better. She didn't, my mom didn't mean anything bad by it. I didn't go to the hospital over it. They cleaned me up, gave me what I needed, time and all. She would come in and check on me. Do you want me to wrap that back up in the middle of the night? And I remember laying there looking outside and, and just picturing trucks and stuff going by. I couldn't sleep. I, I remember that. That was not a good time in my life as I was crying out to God. And now you guys know why I'm a pastor today, really. I said, I'm not going to hell. Ain't nobody got time for that. You know what Sweet Brown be saying. So I will tell you. It was at that moment that the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego became real to me. One of the men came to King Nebuchadnezzar and said, those men will not bow their knee. For some reason, these three young men are standing out there not bending their knee to this idol. He said, throw them in there. Now, the scriptures actually say that he was tied up, that he was in bondage, And he was thrown into, they were thrown into the fiery furnace. All of a sudden, King Nebuchadnezzar, he got something on his telly. And he said, hello, 
And on the telly was one of the men who threw them in the fiery furnace. Okay, maybe there wasn't a telly back then, but he found out. And he goes, oh, I've got to see this for myself. I've got to witness this for myself. So guess what he did? He all of a sudden, he went right over to that fiery furnace. And he knelt down and he looked in there and he goes, how many guys did you say you put in there? One of the guards says, we threw in three. He goes, oh, no, you didn't. There's four of them in there. And all of a sudden, all the guardsmen and everybody peeked in there. And here's what the scriptures say. I love this. Are you ready for the finale? Here it is. He said, that must be the person of God. Well, wait a minute. Wait, this is a guy who didn't believe in the living God, who said, bow your knee to my false God, but all of a sudden looked into the fiery furnace and he said, that is the person of God. That is God in there. Open this thing up. As they took them out, he came out, he repented. But you see, here's the moral of the story, and I, I love this. And here's truly what is being said in the scriptures. I believe God is going to turn this situation around, but if he doesn't, I'm still going to be happy. Now watch. But if my life doesn't turn around, I'm not going to get bitter. I know and believe that God is still on the throne. He is not, if he's not changing my situation, which he has a reason to. My life is in his hands. So here's what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they said, God, I trust in you. I don't care what the outcome is. Take my life. I'm still yours. Or, you know what? Let us live, and I'm still yours. Because they put all of their trust in God. How many of us have said, man, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't sacrifice nothing. Do you see where I'm leading up? We got this five and five coming up. Those men knew that death was on their doorstep. And yet, they still sacrificed their lives for the God they experienced. So in their darkest hour, guess who ushered in? God. Don't you worry, men. I'm here with you. Remember, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I love what Psalms 138, 8 says, The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. That's scripture of hope. Do you know today I have no scarring on my chest? I have no scarring on my hands. But I will never forget the pain or the affliction of fire as long as I live. Neither will you ever forget the hardships through divorce, through loss, through finances, through uh, losing a job that you thought was precious to you. But in reality, God was with you the whole time. And maybe through that experience, God was just right there to bring you your brightest hour. Dare to trust him not just when things are going your way, but even when you don't understand it. Listen, you don't have to make it happen in your own strength or try to manipulate people or fight all your battles alone. Relax and take the pressure off yourself and let God work out his plan for your life. 
He can do it better than you can. He knows the best path for your life. That's what the Hebrew teenage boys were saying. We know God will deliver us from this fire. But if he doesn't, we're not going to get upset and start panicking. We know we are not doing life on our own. The Most High God, the creator of the universe, is working all things out in my and our lives. All the forces of darkness cannot stop what God has ordained. Sickness can't stop him. Troubles at work can't stop him. Disappointments and setbacks can't stop him. You may have or you may think you have a lot coming against you. You feel as though you're about to be thrown into a fire. The good news is you're not going in there alone. You cannot be put in that fire unless God allows it. Watch this correlation. The enemy is not in in control of your life. The enemy is not in control of your life. God is in control. He is working out his plan, and sometimes his plan includes fiery furnaces. Sometimes it includes giants, Red Seas, Pharaohs, and other people who don't like you. Sometimes obstacles will seem unsurmountable. You don't see a way, but since you know the Lord is directing your steps, you don't try to figure it all out. It may look like it's the end. But even if he doesn't, I'm still going to have a song of praise and a pep in my step. I'm still going to have an attitude of faith. I'm still going to live my joy-filled life. Notice this. The king had three teenagers thrown into the fire furnace. The fire was so hot that when the guards opened the door, they were instantly killed. Profound thought. And that's exactly what the scriptures have to say. In a few minutes, the king came to check on them. He looked into the furnace and couldn't believe his eyes. He said, we didn't throw three men in there. I see four men loosed, and one looks like the son of Almighty God. In closing, I want to encourage all of you this. I don't know what your trials and tribulations have been. I don't even know what you're going through, but I do know this. That even though it might feel like you're in the fire, and maybe the flames of hell seem to be somewhat overwhelming, first of all, don't give Satan credit for what you're going through because God is in control, and he is with you going through it. If I say, God, I trust you, that means I trust him in my ups and my downs. That means I trust him when he takes my Lord, home, my father home to be with him. That means I trust him when in life business doesn't seem as prosperous as it once did. That means I trust him when all of a sudden I go, Lord, we have $180 in the church bank account. And he says, I know. I'm here with you. That's all right. You don't worry about it. But what I'd like you to do, could you talk to me a little bit more? Could you communicate with me a little bit more? Could you interact with me a little bit more? 
Because I've kind of noticed that you've been up there on the brighter side. I haven't heard from you. We haven't even talked. Matter of fact, I keep hearing excuses. God, you know I can't give you any money. I'm broke. You know I can't give you my time. I'm taking on four jobs. God, you know I can't do that because I just can't. And I can't. And I can't. And I can't. You've convinced yourself that God does not have the power to take you out of that place of torment and pain and bring you up to a brighter place in your dark moment. Church, I am standing strong up here today to say this. We can stand as a force to reckon with because we have the power of Almighty God through the blood of Calvary that's poured all over us to do His work and to do it abundantly. Hallelujah. I have found that God's plan is always better than my plan. His ways have always been more rewarding and more fulfilling and bigger than my ways. You see, if God had done everything that I had asked, unanswered, or answered my prayers the way I wanted and according to my timetable, listen closely, it would have limited my destiny, my future, and my outcome. I don't believe I would be where I am today. You see, through the hardships of life, It brings us to a brighter place. Only you know where you've journeyed. Only you know where you've been. But if you can look back on it and say, I've grown from it, then you're coming out stronger and realizing who you are and who he is. I'm encouraging each and every one of you this morning. Quit being discouraged over something that didn't work out the way you wanted Don't live frustrated because somebody left whom you wanted to stay or a door closed that you wanted opened. God knows what he is doing. You may not see it now, but one day when you see what God was up to, you'll be glad and you'll be thankful that he closed those doors. You'll thank him for not answering your prayers. And you see, I've recognized this in my own life. The longer we live... The more we should pray, God, not my will, but yours. God, not my way, but yours. You see, I don't fight those closed doors anymore. I don't get frustrated when things aren't changing as fast as I would like them to change. Why? I know that God is in control. As long as you're honoring him and being your best, at the right time, God will get you to where you're supposed to be. May not be where you thought, but God is going to take you farther than you have ever, ever thought or imagined. And then He's going to bless you bigger than you have ever fathomed. Amazing, isn't it? Ten years ago, I was 37 years old. And so God took that home. And I'll never forget that sweet moment in that living room as we knelt there with my sisters 
my brother, my wife, my stepmom. And I remember just those moments when I would look over and Dad would say to me, Son, why are you staring at me? And this is what I told him, because I never want to forget that moment. I never want to forget this feeling that I'm having. And so we all knelt down around that bed when we heard the voice of God. And he said to me, Todd, I'm going to take your dad home. And I said, what? And I remember that room being just the darkest moment of my life. I'm, I'm serious. The room got pitch black. Nobody else was in there. My stepmom, Hazel, was on the other side. And I remember my sister, Deanna, who's right over here. And she was sitting on the love seat at that time. And, and I... And, you know, there was stuff going on, but I can still remember that moment. And, and I love sharing this because let me explain something that took place that I realize today why I'm where I'm at. So I went, reached up, leaned up, kissed his forehead, sat back down. And God told me, no, that's not what I told you to do. I told you to say goodbye. Oh, God, I can't do that. Todd, do you really trust me? So I'm playing this tug of war right now and probably one of the, you know, death is not easy for any of us. It is difficult. If you've never lost a parent or somebody that's very dear and close to you, you may not understand the depth of darkness that takes place through death. But I will tell you this. We all leaned around that bed. And as I closed my eyes, I remember just praying. And I remembered just the calm that came in that room as we had the greatest privilege and pleasure to usher my father's spirit into eternity into the presence of almighty God you see as soon as I said amen we heard and he parted from us what took place that moment felt dark. But when I opened up my eyes, it was bright. And the presence of Almighty God was with us. And we had the great privilege to be a part of such a sweet party. And now, because I can't go to my dad and say, Dad, I'm going through this struggle. Dad, can you help me out? And I did that. And he helped me. Here's what I did learn. Todd, you see, you didn't put your faith and trust in me. You put it in that man that walked this earth. And his name was Don. And so if you're really going to truly be my disciple, you need to learn to put your faith and trust in me. And now I look back. And I say, I'm here today because of my experience of my past. So church, don't take those moments and say, it's because of that that I got mad and angry. Say this, because of that, God was right next to me. I didn't maybe feel his presence. Maybe I didn't see him. But he was with me. Will you trust him today? Will you take your darkest hour and putting everything else aside, just yield 
your members. Yield your life. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the fiery furnace isn't just a parable. It's true life. If you do not know Christ as your Savior, hell is real. It's not a parable. Today's your day of salvation. You need to come forward, cry out to God and say, Today I believe in you, I trust in you, and I'm just going to lay it all down. And I have been selfish, I have stole from you, I have, been, I have been angry in my walk, I have done things that, Lord, I know you've seen with your own eyes and you're ashamed of, because I didn't put my faith and trust in you like I should have. If you want to see God grow your business, if you want to see God grow your family, if you want to see God grow in your life, put your faith and trust in him. And I didn't say by numbers. I just said by trust. Let him speak to you with an audible voice so that you can feel and sense his presence. New Hope, Akron, are you trusting in God? Are you taking your darkest hour and bringing it and ushering it into the brightest hour moments of your life? And I mean this with all sincerity. If you have not given God what is rightfully His, then you're no different than the people that are sitting on Dan Street or downtown in a prison cell. Your life is no longer yours. It is His. Surrender to it. Give him your life. I'm going to tell you, it is the greatest, greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. Amen? Let's all stand. Let's all just bow our heads and let's just go to the Lord in prayer. And as the praise team comes and we're going to sing, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, by which the King of Glory who died for us. In Isaiah 55, when it says, His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Oh God, help us to surrender that to you. Let us pray. God, I love you and I just thank you. I praise you, Father. For just, Lord, helping us to understand that in our own life, we just haven't trusted you, Lord. We we sit and say that, yes, I, I... I desire and and my sincere emotion and feeling and thought is just this. God, I want to trust you in those little things in life as well as the big things. Lord, sometimes it's from just heat in the truck. Lord, to paying a bill. Lord, whatever it might be, Lord, you know that even today, Lord, you've already started to do some great works in the lives of your people. Lord, we have to embrace it and receive it and know that, God, you're doing what you feel is best for us. God, I wouldn't be the person I am today, Lord, if you didn't take me through the fiery furnace. And, Lord, I know that that's not a place that I desire nor I want to be. And even this past you know, December, going through the, the bout of shingles and the pain that is associated with that, Lord, in that darkest hour, Lord, as I cried out and said, God, relieve it, it reminded me that, Lord, sometimes you have to put us in a place where we're on our back or on our knees to realize just who you are and how holy you are. So, God, today, in this congregation, 
you brought us here at this appointed time. And Lord, we need to just release and let go of our pride. And I humble ourselves before you, Lord, to start doing a work today, Lord, because I believe that, Lord, through it all, you're still present. Oh, God, help us to cry out to you. Help us to surrender to your will and not ours. And today, God, if there's someone here that does not know you as Lord and Savior, may they put their their trust, their full trust in you. For they started off this service saying, I trust you. May they trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. God, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your sweet spirit and presence here this morning. As we stop and reflect, may we bring our sacrifice to this altar as you've spoke to us even this morning. In your holy name we pray.